The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews is brought to you by Spirituality and Health Magazine, the Soul Body Connection. Visit SpiritualityHealth.com today. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Consciousness, the law of attraction, clearing blocks, shadow work. These are the terms we hear throughout the human potential movement. What have we learned about these terms, and how are these terms currently evolving, or do they need evolution? Today, we're going to be talking about these terms, how we came to them, and what they mean with regard to personal and collective consciousness. In fact, this show is going to challenge everything you thought you knew about raising your consciousness. It's going to ask that you look at things that, depending on your age, you may have believed for your entire life. And if you're one of those who, like me, sort of converted over to new thought mentality from a more traditional paradigm of life, this show may challenge you to rock your world yet again as we consider the expanding consciousness of the human potential movement. Just like any other new rendition of reality, there's a continual readjusting and relearning and expansion that must take place if we're really to grow into ourselves. Not so very long ago, the human potential movement began and people began to put forth ideas about what it meant uh, to be a human being. Did it mean that we were sort of stuck in the old paradigms, the old traditional paradigms of separation of, of the divine from humanity? Did it mean that we were small and inadequate and unworthy and sinful and um, uh, born in original sin? Did it mean that, or did it mean perhaps that we were a soul living out a physical existence? These are the thoughts that began to shift and change, actually probably in the early part of the 19th century, but over time began to grab a deeper and deeper hold of the grassroots of America and across the world, and we began to change our traditional thinking, or at least some of us began to change our traditional thinking to more of what has become to be known as new thought or new age thinking. Um, And what has happened as a result of that is that there are many extremes and many middle of the roads and many uh, on the other side of the extreme. So just like any new thought, there are different um, groups that sort of mesh together and build their own um, thought and paradigm of life as a result of the whole shift uh, in consciousness. Worldwide, people are beginning to take on new paradigms of thought with regard to things like intuition. Um, We're beginning to understand that intuition is a part of our everyday existence. Police officers use it. They call it a gut feeling. Um, uh, Financial uh, advisors use it with regard to the stock market. 
Um, they also use it with regard to uh, helping someone plan out their future finance, financially. Um, so we're beginning to understand that this is, a, is an operative that we can use on a daily basis. And it is, I believe, in large part because of the New Age New Thought movement that we have begun to accept the idea of intuition into the daily vernacular of our everyday routine world, even in a more or less um, uh, cultural, uh, cultural dynamic that is fairly traditional. So, you know, the comparisons between traditional thought and new thought are many, uh, but the main, the main difference is that in, with new thought, we consider everyday living from, from the paradigm of or from the perspective of the soul. Whereas in traditional thought, the soul was considered to be something we really didn't need to think about much until after we got to heaven, except that we needed to be saved or do the right thing, live moral lives in order to get finally to heaven, in which, at which place we would finally catch up with our souls. And so there's been this traditional mindset for many, many centuries that said, that the, the body, mind, and uh, energy of the human being was completely separate from the soul, and the soul was uh, just something far away that we would attain one day when we, reached, uh, when we reached heaven, and that would only happen after we died. So there wasn't much thinking in traditional thought about consciousness uh, at all. It wasn't something that was, was discussed, although now the word consciousness itself has become a general term that is used throughout the, our culture, uh, the Western culture, and I think, again, in large part because the consciousness has been raised because of the New Thought movement. People, we've sort of nudged a little bit, and uh, people have begun to accept the term that raising consciousness is important. And, and that raising consciousness has happened on all levels. Um, it happened, has happened with regard to mental health. It's happened with regard to politics. It's happened with regard to religion. It's happened with regard to our interactions. Um, in the 1980s, people became aware of the, uh, the problem of sexual trauma. Um, that was one big issue back in the 1980s. Uh, and, um, in the, and then rape came into the picture as well, and people, that was a big issue about bullying. And now we're talking about bullying of teens and even grade school kids. So you see how one thing is just building on another. And all of that came about as, as a result of a waking up a moving out of denial and a waking up, a raising of consciousness. So the term raising consciousness has become a part of our everyday vernacular and, um, and, and I think, again, as in large part because of the New Thought Movement. As a result, then, we have to understand what we mean by consciousness. And for most people in the general culture, the, uh, um, the overculture, so to speak, the sort of uh, uh, thought police of the culture, consciousness is uh, all about just paying attention. It's about knowing what's going on in the news every day. It's about um, noticing what's going on in your world. It's about making good choices. It's about effective choices, I should say. It's about um, living your life in a way that's meaningful for you. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but in new thought or new age uh, thinking, those paradigms, Consciousness has come to mean something deeper. And generally speaking, it has come to mean something called a higher self. So the higher self is considered to be a conscious self, an awakened self, a person who is uh, uh, more in tune with the divine. The problem is 
without that without ever having gone in search internally for a higher quote unquote higher self we have assumed what the higher self meant the higher self was good the higher self was compassionate the higher self was kind the higher self was um was uh, a, a being who was present in the now. These are the things that we have said about the higher self. Okay, that's all well and good, but what do you do about the other things that are going on inside of you? Well, from, from our um, more or less now traditional new thought, what we have come to understand is that the higher self um, is, is sort of in enmity in some kind of way with the lower self, which is typically referred to as the ego. And so the ego, uh, in this way of thinking, is, uh, is the thwarter, the one who wants to um, not be a part of the higher self. The, the ego is the, all the quote-unquote bad desires we have, the negative thoughts, the negative emotions, the, the uh, negative energy comes from the ego and the higher self doesn't have those things. We've made all those decisions in large part for the, for the common, uh, most of us in the common world. Uh, I'm not talking about the big, great, you know, guru thinkers. I'm talking about most of us in the everyday world have come to believe in that split off between the ego and the higher self because it matches by degree and type the exact same paradigm in the traditional world that was in our, the paradigm of thinking before New Thought, New Age ever came about. In the traditional world, we were separate from the divine, and we were bad, and we had negative energy, and we had negative thoughts, and we had negative emotions, and those were bad, and we were supposed to work really hard to be good people and, and, and try to get in touch with something deeper and higher and more noble within us so that we could um, rise to the uh, attainment of some kind of reward in heaven after we died. All right. So you see that um, now what, what has happened, my view, uh, what has happened is that we have slipped a lot of new thought, new age thinking into the old paradigm of good and evil, the old paradigm of duality. Now we're not split off between the good and the bad within us. We're split off between the ego and the, and the higher self within us, but they have the exact same traits. So... It can be very confounding and confusing when we're trying to struggle to attain a higher self right here on this planet without ever having to die and go to heaven to get it, which is, that is a big difference between new thought and traditional mindset, is that we feel that we can have new thought thinkers generally feel that we can have um, heaven right here on earth. We can have um, our souls right here on earth. We don't have to wait to attain that after we die. That's great. However, we're still in that traditional mode without calling it traditional. We're still in the traditional mode of a split-off. And the split-off is between the ego and the higher self. And any time we're split-off, we're living in a dualistic world. So, and what we've got going then is that, that old ego, you know, it comes back up and it causes problems and what I need to do is just get rid of that ego and live in my higher self. Well, what is the higher self? Well, you know, it's the part of me that's good. It's the part of me that's not negative. It's positive. It thinks positive thoughts. It has higher dreams. It, you know, same description you would have said uh, uh, traditionally, well, if you want to describe a good person, that's who you'd describe. So we're, we're these, the, what's happened is this... Um, there's been a sort of bleed-through 
of old traditions into the New Thought movement. And I, I want to talk today about that a little bit because I think true consciousness is much different from that way of thinking. I think true consciousness merges any duality within us. In other words, we become congruent. We become one with every other aspect of ourselves. And we're not split off between higher self and ego. We're not split off at all. We are one. And that process of becoming one is the process of consciousness. It is the process where we look inside of ourselves and sit with the varying aspects of ourselves and not call one bad and the other good and not call one noble and the other less noble and not call one higher self and the other ego, but call it all one because we're sitting in the middle, in the midst of all those different voices and hearing all of them and being being with them. That beingness is what we'll be talking about when we come right back after the break. So stay tuned. We're talking about raising your consciousness today. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it will be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor and sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying, thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor and sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back, thanking me for my concerns, and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. 
That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Hello and welcome back to our show today. I wanted to make an announcement to you first before we go any further. The Authentic Living Show is now going to be sponsored by the Institute of, of, excuse me, of Noetic Sciences, dedicated to expanding science beyond conventional paradigms. Founded by Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell, IONS is a nonprofit research, education, and membership organization whose mission is supporting individual and collective transformation through consciousness research, education outreach, and engaging in a global learning community in the realization of human potential. You can join that learning community at www.noetic.org. That's noetic, N-O-E-T-I-C. So I, we were talking today about that very subject of consciousness, so it's a, a timely announcement that we're making about the new sponsorship of uh, the Institute of Noetic Sciences. And uh, what we're saying is that even as we uh, have joined or participated in the New Thought movement, the human potential movement, what we're doing in that process is as we go, we are learning new things, and hopefully we're expanding our thought even further. My hope in our discussion today is that we will not get stuck in a traditional new thought mindset so that we say, okay, well, this is the only way we can define, define these particular topics like consciousness, like higher self, like ego. We can only define them as we originally defined them when the human potential movement first came to be. What I would say is any definitions need to be uh, willing to be expanded, to be uh, imploded even, to accept new possibilities for those definitions. And so as we talk today, I'm offering some new ideas about what is possible with regard to our thought about the ego and the higher self. If the higher self... Uh, is, is uh, defined as it has been classically in the New Thought movement as a very good person who does the right things, who is a um, positive thinker, who is a positive feeler, who does positive things in the world. And the ego is defined as filled with negative energy and negative thought and negative emotions, and um, it wants to sabotage the higher self. What we've got going there is a, a psychic split <clears throat> Excuse me, and psych and our true consciousness cannot be made up of a psychic split. So we might need to rethink those definitions. In fact, we might even want to consider what is truly considered to be positive and what is negative. What what is negative energy? <coughs> Excuse me. When I have talked to people about a definition of the of negative energy, what I've come to understand is that there's a belief there that sounds an awful lot like that old devil. Um, negative energy is something that holds you down and holds you back. It is um, alluring in the fact that it uh, uh, is traditional. It's something we've always done, and so we're drawn to it. Um, it, is, uh, it creates temptation for us. We're tempted to be a part of negative energy because everybody else is a part of negative energy. We don't want to be around negative energy. We don't want to listen to negative energy on the radio or watch it on the TV. So we avoid these things because some of that negative energy might get on us, and then we have to get it off of us. 
so you see, it sounds very, very similar to that old devil, does it? it and, and what we hear very often is that these same people who say, give us those definitions of negative energy, say to us that they no longer believe in a devil. That's old traditional thought. They don't believe in that anymore. However, the same paradigm has been carried over into new thought, but given a new name. And uh, that new name is no more effective than the old name. So when we're, when we're thinking of ourselves in terms of negative and positive, we might be really genuinely holding ourselves back from consciousness because consciousness is not split off between negative and positive, but is one with all things. And those labels of negative and co- positive come from the mindset of duality. So uh, when I first, several, a couple, several months ago, I guess maybe a year and a half ago, uh, back near the beginning of this show, I, um, I did a show called Duality, and I would encourage you to go back and listen to that show in which we describe the, uh, the, how we came to this dualistic mindset and based on the old mytholo- mythology of the Garden of Eden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil, I use that mythology to describe how we've come to the split-off place where we believe that we have to think in terms of good and evil because if we don't think in terms of good and evil, we won't ever find our way back to the divine. And that's based on the premise that we are separate from the divine. We don't have to find our way back to the divine. We have to be with the divine. All we have to do is open up to the awareness that we have that within us. We have the divine within us. And so we are it, in fact. And so we, we are part of the divine just as the divine is part of us and, and a part of everything else because everything is one. So if everything really is one, then splitting ourselves off into two is not going to help us to gain that consciousness that we're longing for. And, and so when I hear people talk about, well, everything is one, and then they start talking about their higher self and their ego, I, I want to say, well, wait a minute, well, how come you're not one? <laughs> how come you have split off into two if there's really only one? And so that whole idea is one that we might need to consider expanding. We might want to expand our consciousness about what is consciousness. Consciousness, in my view, and this view will be expanded later too, but right now, my view is that consciousness is coming to full awareness of everything that is within me. That's not good and bad because there is no good and bad within me. Those are labels that I've decided on because that's the old traditional mindset. The mindset says there's some things that are good and some things that are bad. And that mindset includes our suffering because when I decide that something that is happening in my life is bad, then I suffer as a result because I've decided that it's bad. When I decide that something in my life that is happening is good, then I'm happy with that thing because I've decided that it's good. But in reality, it's just an event. And I'm the one that's evaluating it. I'm the one that's interpreting it to be either good or bad. And that's what makes me suffer or not. So it, as, I'm, as I'm walking through my life events, if I judge them and tell them what they are, then I'm going to respond to the, that uh, definition emotionally with my own suffer, suffering or happiness. So as long as we have definitions of good and bad in the world, we're going to have that problem. And I'll go one step further. As long as we're dividing things up into good and bad, we're going to have people who will identify as either good or bad. As long as in our homes we grow up telling children what's bad and what's good, 
then we're going to have some children who, because they have to to survive in abusive homes, are going to define themselves as bad. And when they do, they're going to have to get badder and badder just to be visible, just to feel alive. And then they're going to get badder and badder just to feel more visible and more alive. That could be, and my theory is that it is, how we develop the sociopathic identity. So as long as we have these paradigms in the world of thought in which we can split off into good or bad, we're going to have children who identify with being good or bad. And it's just as harmful for a child to identify with being good because they have to struggle their entire lives to make sure that they can still define themselves as being good. I work with many clients who, who, who live whole existences trying to make sure that they can outrun their guilt, make sure that they don't ever have to feel guilty about anything. And in so doing, they are being held hostage to guilt. Guilt controls them. It tells them what to do, when to wake up in the morning, when to go to bed at night, how to talk to somebody, how to not talk to somebody. It tells them everything, and they obey. But they tell themselves they're doing that because they're striving to be good people, but actually they're trying to run, outrun guilt. So, you see, when we split off into these paradigms of good and bad, even if we call it higher self and ego, we're still splitting off, and we're still striving after something. And I, my view is that oneness means no striving. It means that I can sit inside myself without strife, without the striving that those labels of good and bad give me, and say to myself, here I am. I am all of this that I purvey, all that I can see inside of myself. I am that. And, you know, what, what I might call jealousy, if I can look at it, what is it really? Well, let's look at jealousy for a second. That's one that uh, comes up a lot when I'm working with clients. Oh, I'm a bad person because I'm feeling jealous. Okay. So what is jealousy? It means that you want something someone else has. Okay. What is that thing you want? Well, you want to be a singer or a painter or you wish you could publish a book or whatever. Okay. That's great. That's information. That's information you can use for yourself to help yourself get that thing you want. You want to be a painter? Go paint. Stop sitting there saying, I wish I had what you had, and go paint. Do you see what I'm saying? So that the authentic self has now, because we heard it, because we said, oh, I hear that feeling inside my jealousy, now we can go out and actually behave as if we have a valid right to seek after something we want. And that puts us in the I am. It puts us in oneness. It says, I want this, I have this. Not, I want this and you have this, but I want this and I have this. So in that process, what we're doing is becoming one. And that, in my view, is the process of consciousness. It's the process of accepting and incorporating, integrating, if you will, all those different aspects of ourselves, not disowning them or deciding which aspects of ourselves to love and which aspects we won't love, but really taking everything in and owning it and becoming a participative conversationalist with that, with that aspect of ourselves. So we're going to talk some more about how this happens right after the break. Stay tuned for more. for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. 
Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh, there you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free. 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We're back again with Authentic Living, and we're talking today about consciousness and what it really means. What we've been speaking about is the possibility that maybe we need to expand our conscious awareness about the term consciousness itself. That maybe what we've decided in the New Thought Human Potential Movement um, that is true about humanity and about the split-off between the ego and the higher self might need some revision. Because here's the thing, there's many of us out there talking about um, clearing blocks away in order to purify ourselves or to get conscious. And what we mean by that is that we've got some blocks inside of us that are keeping us from attaining our highest self. And my, my concern with that term, blocks, is that it, it tends to carry a negative connotation. The idea is that I've got to clear all the blocks inside of me to get myself really pure so that I can then finally have what it is that I want in my life, even if that thing that I want in my life is just peace of mind. Well, it's hard for me to have peace of mind in the now if I'm thinking that there are things inside of me that are keeping me from having my peace right now. And so the idea of blocks, I might, might want to consider changing that terminology a little bit to something more like aspects, just different aspects of myself. Because 
you know, blocks assume that something is keeping us from having something. And if I'm one with all things and all people and myself, then I already have everything. So do you see how that, that you know, we, t- we have a little bit of doublespeak here in the New Thought, New Age movement. And as we're expanding our consciousness, hopefully that doublespeak will eventually fade away. But, and we need, we need to give ourselves a break here. We've all come, every person on this planet has some degree of dualistic thinking because we have, uh, we, from centuries old, we have perpetuated this mythology that we're separate from the divine, that we have to be good in order to get close to the divine. And, and we've termed good to mean various things to various cultures and various religions. Um, Osama bin Laden thought that it was a good thing to blow up the trade towers, and that was a part of his religion. And uh, in his mind, not the Muslim religion, I want to be clear about that, but in his fundamentalistic view of his religion, he decided that blowing up the trade towers was a good thing. I happen to disagree, and I bet lots of you do too, but the idea is that we can change our ideas about what is good and bad based on the culture and or the religion we come from. And I need to be really clear, too, our culture ha- and our religions have a lot of bleed-through. Particularly in the Western world, there's a lot of bleed-through between culture and religion, particularly the Christian religion, so that a lot of the motifs that we hear about on the news carry Christian connotations. Um, a lot of, uh, of, of our thought with regard to being good and bad has Christian connotations, because that's our history. That's, you know, it's not our whole history and certainly not the way our Constitution was developed, but there is a history there. And so that is, seems to be the talk. And something that comes out with newer talk, like the term meditation, um, 20 years ago was considered by most Christians to be basically evil. It was going to put you in touch with something that was not good. And uh, now... There's lots of Christians out there, and their churches and pastors are perpetuating the idea of meditation, that it's a good thing, used in certain parameters, but a good thing. And, and so you, you see that there's, we have, there has been a, a bleed-through there, too, as well, with a new, new thought, uh, human potential movement, moving into the churches to some degree as well. Uh, but, but that base core paradigm that we all come from, from ages and ages ago, is one of duality, in which we're split off from the divine and therefore have to earn the right to be close to the divine through some kind of washing, cleansing, being better, getting improved, take, you know, taking care of the business, cleaning out the garbage, that kind of thing. So uh, whether that's through a specific religious experience or whether it's through just living a good moral life, either way, there is this cleansing that has to take place in order for us to get close to the divine from that old traditional archetype. And again, that assumes that we're far away from the divine and must get closer and therefore must do certain things in order to get closer. And that assumption keeps us split. But we've carried that assumption through into the New Thought, New Age movement when we've said that we have to be split off and have to improve ourselves or get better or, or um, um, cleanse ourselves or get rid of blocks or particularly when we're talking about going into the shadow to get rid of blocks, 
And I want to be clear, I do believe that the shadow is a very, very important aspect of becoming conscious because the shadow is the unconscious. Everything that is in the unconscious is also in the shadow. It's a, it's a synonym for the unconscious. So, um, but, you know, I think that we need to be careful when we start saying, I'm going to troop into that shadow and I'm going to clean it out, boy. I'm just going to go in there. When we're talking about going into the shadow, we're talking about walking on sacred ground, and we need to take our shoes off. We need to be careful about how we walk into that uh, area and not be jerking things around in there because it is a very special place, and in it is also our awareness of the divine self. In it is also our full conscious awareness that we are not separate from the divine. So if we go in there jerking things around and pushing buttons and pulling, pulling on levers, we might just be uh, excluding our awareness and pushing uh, of, our, of our connection with the divine and pushing it even further down into the unconscious. We, and, and that's the kind of stuff that I would caution us about when we talk about the shadow as if it's some entity that we can, uh, you know, walk in that dark mirrored hallway and, and um, jerk things around and, and, and replace them with other better things. I'm not sure that the conscious mind understands what's better things. Perhaps the unconscious mind has a better hold of that, on that than the conscious mind does. So in being conscious, we accept that there's a part of us that we don't actually know in terms of words, in terms of logos, in terms of uh, trying to mentally conceive of it. There are parts of us that we don't know, and that is a mystery, and that is okay. We don't have to, and it's like if I'm on the surface of the ocean, I don't have to know what's on the bottom of the ocean. That doesn't mean I'm not floating on the top of the ocean. So I might not have to know everything that's in my unconscious. And it, I would hasten to say that perhaps uh, with the divine being the divine and knowing quite a bit, and, and I don't mean divine in terms of a separate entity, I mean the divine in us, having a omniscience, having that knowing, if in fact that is true, then what is unknown to the mind, to the brain, to the mental activity can be known on a deeper level but not in terms of logos, not in terms of mental analysis. So there's a knowing that can be known in other ways. And sitting with ourselves can help us feel that as body sensation, can help us understand that as an emotion, can help us understand that as just a quiet awareness. And so when we're sitting with ourselves, allowing, just allowing ourselves to be present with all the different aspects of ourselves, what we're doing is acknowledging that there are parts of us that we don't, can't put into words, that, we, that, that remain mystery. Just like when we walk out into the dark sky of night, it feels mysterious. We're going to touch that part of ourselves. We don't have to know where every planet and every star is in the universe to be able to look up at the night sky in awe and wonder. And we don't have to know where every star and every planet is inside of us to be able to look inside that wonder and, and live in awe of it and be inspired by it and be touched with it. So I guess what I'm saying here is that when we're calling things, we're giving things name while we're going to do this shadow work, and, and I believe in shadow work. Let me, let me say that very clearly. I believe that shadow work is, is important, but I also think it's, it's a little bit... Um, 
Dangerous is not the word I want to use, but I would use the word cautious. I think we need to be cautious when we're talking about how we're gonna how we're gonna do that shadow work. What does that mean? Are we gonna walk in there and within you know a few months have jerked everything out of there that's in there and looked at it in the face and told it to go away or you know put the put the ego out of business by working with the shadow or whatever? That, those are things that um, perhaps we might need to be careful about now. What I think shadow work is, is being able to really own our stuff, whatever that stuff is, and we don't, without calling it good or bad, without judging it, just being able to say, yes, I felt this feeling that I've called jealousy. Yes, I feel this need to feel power over other people. Yes, I have uh, a part of me that wants to be untrue, it wants to lie, it wants to trick, it wants to manipulate. Those are things that are there inside of us, but understanding those things, sitting with them. For example, if I want to cover things up, what is going on with that? I'm covering things up because, not because I'm a bad person or because ego is running my life. It's because probably I'm afraid of being revealed, exposed in some kind of way. So when I look at that, okay, I have a fear of being exposed. Huh, that's very interesting. I didn't know that before. Now what? What do I do with that fear of exposure? Well, I can expose it. I can expose it to myself, not go around saying to everybody else, I have a fear of exposure. Did you know that? But rather uh, to be able to just go sit with it, lovingly sit with it, put it on my lap and just sit with it and let it speak to me. And very often we find treasure troves of information there in that very thing that we would have thought of as negative energy. So, Yes, shadow work, working with the unconscious is important, but we need to know that we're not going to pull every shred of information out of there, not until we, uh, until we evolve to that place as a collective, when we're ready to pull every shred out of there. And uh, that's going to happen as a process, just like everything else in our lives happens as a process. We're not going to be able to, to define it, declare it, put a flag in it, you know, declare it as my turf. We're not going to do all that. That's the scary part. That's the part that I want us to walk cautiously into. Um, we're, shadow work is gentle. It's sacred. It's quiet. It's uh, uh, solemn. It's not uh, raced through. It's not done as a, as a part of trying to get the law of attraction to bend our way. Um, it is not, if it is done those ways, it can be. Um, very painful, very uh, dangerous, in fact, for some people. Some people who, who are pushing themselves to do the shadow work are, are really collapsing into it. And I, that's why I want to be cautious. As a therapist, I see this. I see that sometimes when we're, when we're trying to push ourselves to become more conscious, what's happening is that we're collapsing into the unconscious and not being able to define the distinctions between what's real and what's not real. And that's, that's why I want to say be careful. Walk into this, this turf without your shoes on. And by without your shoes on, I mean the clothes of, of our humanity that we've decided are necessary are not necessary in this world. In this world, we swim and we fly and we, we climb and we, we go to other worlds and we uh, uh, go be- beneath the ocean to the core of the earth. We are able to do all kinds of things in this world that shoes will not work for. So 
we we need to uh, take off our metaphorical shoes and 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 be able to just sit quietly and respectfully with this world of the unconscious. Um, so, you know, this uh, the, that's in terms of talking about the new thought movement in toto, and as we look at it, this expanding consciousness is going to come about as a process as well. And what I'm doing today is trying to offer some, uh, just a few shreds of information that will also expand as time goes by to, for us to consider that maybe we might be uh, pushing into turf that, uh, from a traditional mindset, trying to make it a new mindset, but using old traditional paradigms to do that. And in the process, we may be doing more harm than good. Uh, so as we, do, as we do this kind of work, if we could let go of the, the names negative and positive, let go of the terms uh, that mean some part of me is blocking some other part of me, if we can let go of those, gently let them go, and just sit with ourselves rather than pushing ourselves, we might find a lot more information coming to us from our authentic divine nature than we would ever find by trying to push it. So we'll come back and finish this topic in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. America is facing a skilled workforce shortage. Skills USA can help. What is Skills USA? Skills USA is life changing. Skills USA is awesome. Skills USA is one of the biggest opportunities life can give you. Skills USA is amazing. Skills USA is motivating. Skills USA specifically prepares you for the workforce. Skills USA empowers students to connect with a network of people, starting with their classmates, to their advisors, to other people in their states. Skills USA allows students to connect with business and industry, to manage their education, and to really get a feel of the real world. I'm doing something now that's going to be applicable in the real world, and those skills are going to be useful today in school and in five years when I'm working and for the rest of my life. On the web at skillsusa.org. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. You live for the firsts in your child's life. But how do you cope with the firsts that come after your child is diagnosed with cancer? CureSearch.org connects you to the doctors and scientists whose collaborative research has turned childhood cancer from a nearly incurable disease to one with an overall cure rate of 78%. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. 
taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. I said in the beginning of our show that just like any other new rendition of reality, there is a continual readjusting and relearning and expansion that must take place if we're to really grow fully into ourselves. And I hold to that in the last segment of our our talk today. If, If we are to fully grow into consciousness, then we have to expand our understanding of consciousness itself. We have to be able to be willing to be open, to live with an open heart and an open mind, to conceive possibility that consciousness is greater than we thought it was before. When we put it down into that small archetype of good and bad, which it is in when we split off from higher self into higher self and ego, what we're doing is saying that, that we're going to live in that old paradigm and call it something new. And that old paradigm has us striving against parts of ourselves that keep us uh, uh, unaware of who we really are as divine beings as true, authentic selves, as people who can just, whether you want to call it divine or not, forget about the word divine, just call it humanity. Call it being uh, true to who you are as a, a person. So if, uh, that consciousness expansion uh, will, will include us being able to say, okay, what is higher self? What, once we get there, what are we going to have? What is ego? What, what does that really mean? I've said this before probably hundreds of times on this show. I'm going to say it again. To me, the definition of ego is a liaison between the inner and the outer world. And the only time that the ego is a problem is when it, becomes an ego, when it develops an ego state. And an ego state is an identification. It's an identity in which we see that we have to give up who we really are in order to match the outer world. So, so what... What, what happens then in the liaisoning between the outer and the inner world is the ego says, uh-oh, you're not going to be able to live in this outer world if you don't put on a mask and costume. So here, here's a mask and costume that will work for you. I think that means the ego is pretty smart. Uh, and that means that it knows what it needs to do right now to survive. The problem is that we begin to identify with that mask and costume and think it's who we are. And that's where we get lost, is we, we, we don't just put on this mask and costume temporarily and take it back off somewhere else. We put it on and keep it on and draw it closer and closer to us over time. And we begin, it becomes our only coping mechanism, and we use it and use it and use it and take all the perks that it gives us and keep all the so-called safety that it gives us. And we believe in it more than we believe in anything else. It becomes our security. It becomes our mother, our father, our sister, our brother, our everything. And so we can identify with uh, all kinds of things, and some of those uh, different roles are victim, um, bully, uh, scapegoat, bad guy, ple- people pleaser, Peter Pan, you just, and then there's the, the, in, the name, the, in, 
the names of these identities go on and on. But the, the idea is that we're putting on something false in order to cope with the world because we, don't, we, we believe that the world is frightening. And that belief has been the perpetual uh, bottom line of our entire duality state. Uh, the, as a collective, what we did as a collective to cope with our fear of living was we, became, we developed a duality state. We thought we were separate from the divine, so therefore we came up with this idea that we could be good and get closer to the divine, and if we were bad, we were far away from the divine. And the reason we were far away from the divine in the first place is because of something we called original sin. But from the perspective of consciousness, when we get really close to that deeper state within us, we know we're not separate from the divine, and that good and evil are just terms we use to, de- to describe a life that is separate from the divine. So what I guess what I'm saying to us today is I'm challenging us all, including myself, to reconsider, rethink, reevaluate this, this whole thing as we're processing through what we believe to be true and false about the New Thought, New Age movement. And as we participate in it with each other and in ourselves, I would challenge us to rethink, to begin to be able to say, okay, let me just sit to my, with myself and listen to myself. We, we've got we've developed a sort of guru mentality in the New Thought, uh, New Age movement as well, in which the gurus know the truth, and all I need to do is listen to the gurus, and I'll be all right. I need to do what they say do, and I'll be all right. And that is the same exact archetype that we had in the traditional religions, where the pope, the the pastor, the you know whoever the leader was in that uh, religion. That was the person you should listen to. Don't listen to yourself because yourself is going to misguide you. Listen to the leader. So you see, again, we've, we've, trans, we've bled through a lot of the old traditional archetypes into new thought, new age thinking, and they're just not going to work on the long haul. They didn't work in traditional mindset, and they're not going to work in new thought, new age. So we, we need to be uh, processing the possibility that adjusting to a more fluid more open concept of consciousness might be essential to maintaining this uh, increased consciousness. I'm really proud of the way that we have all as a collective begun to uh, accept terms like intuition and uh, receive the possibility that maybe information can come to us in more than an empirical way. Uh, Maybe information isn't just empirical data. Um, and 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 how we begin to plug that into businesses and law enforcement and finances and all kinds of areas, healthcare, so that we we are transitioning in our thinking. The world has shifted just a little bit because of the New Thought movement, and I'm very proud of that. Uh, but I think the New Thought loop movement can has the potential to uh, to draw us back into the traditional mindset if we cannot adjust to the openness that not being separate from the divine will give us. So that's it for today. We're going to come back again next week. We're going to be talking with Sarah Wiseman, who's coming back to the show again to talk about her new book, the Psy- Raising the Psychic Child. And you don't want to miss that. If you know a child, you have a child, you want to tune into this show next week. So come back again for that. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself.
Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.